Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show This episode was recorded while my podcast was still called GSOH. Don't be confused, you're in the right place. GSOH. Good sense of humor. The new podcast by Nico T- by Nico T- by Nico Tatarovic where he sh- tries with talks to people with talks to people with a good sense of humour, GSOH. Um, right, um, Alistair, can you hear me? Yes, hi Nico. All oh, right, you're here now. Yeah. You're available now, are you? Yeah. After me saying it's... last week, don't interrupt me. Last week I said, can you do a podcast this week? And you said, yeah, mate, should work. <laughs> and then when I came to say uh, the patrons, patrons, the patrons who love you, and who love me and who expect a quality episode every week. They can't wait to hear this week's episode. What should we talk about, dude? And what did you say? Um, I think I said I... Yeah, actually then wasn't quite um great time for me. Oh, it wasn't a great time. What, yeah. what kind of time was it? What were you doing? Well, the, the the thing was last week I sort of committed and then realised I shouldn't have because we had we've got kitchen a kitchen fitter in, and oh how dull how boring yeah even the response even the reason isn't very good. So in other words, knowing full well that you were likely to have to cancel the episode, you thought you'd string me along so that I was already ready to have a nice chat. And then you were just just gonna knife me in the guts and pull out at the last minute, in some in some sort of pathetic attention seeking revenge exercise. Is that what this is? Well, it, in my if, if the, oh God, I can't even speak because of the terror. This is the thing. There's a, there's a any interaction I have with you. There is a thin vein of fear running through me. So when I say, "Oh, it should be good." It's mm. probably born out of a need not to offend you or mm. incur your wrath, so I probably... How do you think that's gone? Yeah, badly. I can't win either way. Well, you can, just by being honest from the start and just being a proper man. You know, but not a man, an adult. 
doesn't it wouldn't make any difference whatsoever if we switched your genders up every week i near enough say to myself this week i've got to be a proper man <laughs> and it always goes wrong it's not like a yearly thing it's like weekly i'll go i'll try and rectify all my faults over the weekend or this week over the weekend just get them yeah. all done yeah, in a way. And, it's, not, um, it's not a garage that you empty. I wish it was. On a Sunday. Well, we all wish it was. Just, yeah. S- saying what I want and being honest is something which I try and rectify every week and fail. You see, what you you fail to understand about the human man, Alistair, <laughs> is that in order for him to turn himself around to the point where he can stand broad-shouldered looking at himself in the in the mirror and think, there goes a magnificent human being is that the the job in hand to turn around someone, for most of us, but certainly coming from the starting point that you're at, it's effectively like raising the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> you know, it, you're going, right. All right, so right, we've, we've found it, we've found it, we've determined how big it is, and we've, we've, uh, we've spent millions of pounds inventing cameras that can take the water pressure just to see where it is, and uh, we, we've got them down there, but um, new science shows us that if we so much as touch the the you know the body of the Titanic, it would that that little bit that you touch will just fade away and turn to dust. <laughs> right, so you can't move it. That is the size of the job in hand in uh, in uh, turning a turning a sort of failed sunken wreck like you into a proper person. I'd love for a team of scientists to try to do that. Yeah. In all fairness, it would help. Bearded, really enthusiastic, bearded, yeah. you know, people who are completely committed to the task of raising Griggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. From the, from the bottom yeah. of the uh, psychological ocean. Yeah. And they've, like, tanked their personal lives over, over like, eight years because they're just obsessed with this mission of, <laughs> yeah. like, raising you from the dead. Yeah. Like Professor Kowalski of MIT has dedicated the last eight years to transforming yeah. the man of lo- low moral fiber known as Alistair Green. From the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. whose, whose personality has sunk to the bottom of... <laughs> like, yeah, that's good. I can't really further the analogy, but it's... Uh... Yeah, lovely, lovely of you to join in. <laughs> Thanks. But, but really, but genuinely, the 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 sort of because uh, I feel like I have, you know, I never get to say I'm I'm like the complete man and that I'm always going to get everything right. But I can say, hand on heart, that from 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 a from a decision making and kind of uh, you know moral, emotional. And psychological, maybe even I don't know about intelligence, but from all from those sort of perspectives, I am without a fucking shadow of a doubt about ten times the man I was, say, twelve years ago. But I would mm. also say that if it was like if it was like a curve, like a graph, I would also say that a, like an incredibly steep amount of self improvement has happened. Maybe over the last say two and a half, three years. Yes, without a doubt. Don't don't burst into tears or mm. or just sort of melt, have a meltdown. But I've basically learned truly how to stick up for myself. 
And to be able to do that without feeling that horrible feeling in my gut that I shouldn't, I shouldn't be asking for things that are okay for me and all that. Like it's literally like it's classic fucking therapy. You know, there's lo- there's loads of information out there about all that stuff about boundary setting and all that sort of thing. I heard your stomach just. <laughs> I just heard just. <laughs> Yeah, I said the word boundary, and you growled from from within. This is like a superpower you're describing. Well, I mean, I agree, and I'm not. I'm I'm in the spirit of uh, people who are listening, who I care about. You know, unlike you, Hmm. um, I cannot overstate how amazing it is to suddenly feel whole. Well, this sounds ridiculous, but this is—I've I've seen it described like this, and it makes a lot of sense. Literally, like you can be like a porous being where you don't understand the difference between where you end and the world begins, or where you end and another person's needs or whatever begins, because you think that you—they're all part of you, and you're part of them, and it's all that you know. You you can you can end up um, basically as they would they would use the phrase like enmeshed. Like codependency, or someone who's say being controlled by someone too much, or two mm. people who are in a dynamic where, say, you've got someone who is, uh, you know, again, I'm not being flippant with these sort of subjects, and I've not these aren't subjects I've had to deal with, so I am not being flippant about them. But people who are in say relationships where it's dysfunctional at the mm. level where one person say is a drinker, right, high functioning. And the other one is um, like the controlling one, the one who wears the trousers, say. Yeah. It's almost like there's a trade-off. I will will pretend you're not an alcoholic and you will let me basically control everything else. Becomes like an unspoken dynamic. I get yeah. you know, and I may you know, I'm 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 obviously grasping at pop pop psychology, but I, w- I wanted to mention that I uh, I've mentioned it. I may have I may have referred to it before, but I've just found it on a shelf. A book I've got written in 1964 by Eric Byrne, B E R N E. Um, it's a Penguin paperback kind of pops, probably the first pop psychology book. The psycho the games people play. It's called. Games right. people play, and Games people play. It, it's amazing. Not least because it it still makes a lot of sense, but also psychology from nineteen sixty four also has a whiff of <laughs> patriarchal kind of uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of um, what's the word? It's um, an it's anachronistic. Yes, um, and, but it's full of it's full of. Um, explanations of what is base what basically boils down to um let me have a look at the con what you call either structural analysis or transactional analysis and it ex- ex- explain it's what what it's what's amazing about it is it's kind of about teaching you that wherever we are whatever situation we're in there are it redu- it reduces interactions down to like almost like mathematical kind of like diagrams and stuff where that sounds like i quite like i think you'd fucking love it mate honestly and like i think uh i'm sure it's only literally like the tip of the iceberg of like psychology and analysis of but it's the sort of thing we love because we always want one thing we bond over when when i'm not just sort of 
making you feel weak and mm. small yeah is is when we both go into a sort of how do you describe it like a sort of a malaise that that uh, reduces the world to scientific sort of um references yeah give us a bit what how how does that work for you like like do you mean like how we can see things like robots can or no no i mean me and you right yeah. when we're being when we're sending each other how are you what's the point basically when we're being uh what's the word you know uh not futile um come on fill the gap in the, the talking uh not uh, anthro nihilistic oh yeah when we're being yeah. Ni- when we're being nihilistic yeah we have a little joke we go into where it's like you say you say things to me like, I'll I'll basically say like how are you you know so give me some credit <laughs> I do actually sometimes start by being human and you'll yeah. just say I resent the body that I live in <laughs> yeah right. yeah yeah so tell me about that a bit no I it was just um I went to Brighton a few weeks ago with Lauren and when we were walking on the pier I just had a feeling that I didn't want to walk. <laughs> you didn't want and, to have to walk I, along. Uh, yeah, and I and I then became just I sort of resented the fact that I'm bound by a body mm. and that I have no say in that. I can't like I I just resent I started to resent the fact that I couldn't fly or float. Mm. And I had to again to sort of plod along like you've, everyone you've, else. You've actually got to expend the energy to yeah. go to go over there to the thing and and that yeah. sort of annoys you because i'm sort of just bound by i suppose in a way i was like i was annoyed that i was bound by the rules of physics yeah the I limitations could, of yeah of your own i wish to sort of become paracausal in a way <laughs> that's a good word but the and thing just, is yeah it's it's i get it and i and i forgive you but Say thank you to mummy. Thank you. Thank you. But when you think, when you were busily thinking, oh, it's not fair, I can't float over there, you're also not appreciating that you're not just falling through the boardwalk into the sea. How do you feel about that? Or would that not be necessary if you were floating? Yeah, no, no again, I think that I wouldn't, I mean, I probably wouldn't even go to Brighton to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to that in a minute. I want to yeah. know why, but go on. Um, but but I wouldn't. I guess I would just. I think it's a sort of there's a, there's a real ego maker in me, which is deep down a kind of a, a longing to be kind of godlike in a way. Oh, God, which is, I mean, the first time I heard you talk like this is. Um, You'll start off with things like, and we're not going to talk about this. I think you've done it before. And you'll say like, oh, I think nurses nurses are revered too much for doing simple yeah. basic work. But then I'll, we'll talk about animals or something, and you'll be like, that you'll talk about how you feel like you're a god compared to yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> right. but it's it's but what, things. What to explain to me what godlike Alistair is like and what he'd do? Well, it's more that I resent that I have to die. Um, and that I I don't understand sometimes. Like we're all walking around, 
and quite content in the knowledge that in a number of years we'll die. Mm. And in a way, I don't understand why we aren't all panicking. I mean, that that, that is the that's the essence of the of the fucking human question. Isn't it? The human condition is it's like what is life, but it's also like everything. Everything is is an exercise in avoiding the reality of mortality, and that's fair enough. Mm. No one can judge you for thinking that, but. Resenting your of... resenting your body and and visiting places and being expected to go well where it would you you know your the mass of your body is now over here in Brighton now and yeah, yeah. you you hate the fact that that's supposed to mean something different from whatever was going on the day before would that be fair? Yes, I mean it's like it's the same idea. I think I mentioned to you. It's all the kind of little rituals which my body is bound by. So you know the fact that I have to eat dinner with my girlfriend oh, poor old. At, at, at a certain well we eat at a time and I kind of go oh can I you know I don't know just do this what, at another point but, would you, would, but but then I do I don't I don't know why do you live it. with just, another person if if there if you know you don't gain any sort of pleasure from the, uh, a certain amount of synchronicity in doing things that you both then go, oh, we both did that. That was shared. That's sort of communal and nice. Well, I do. I do like it. It's, it's what do you it's like? Just, I'm just aware of it. Sort of the futility of it. That's all. But do you say that to her because? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for God's sake, Alice. No, no, but she. It's fun. No, no, but it's okay. She knows. She knows who I am. It's not like I'm coming onto this show and showing a different side of me. I mean, she's so incredibly. She to this. Uh, I don't think she listens. No, no, I don't no, think no, she no. Does, I mean, but... no, no. I don't mean the podcast. I mean she listens to you saying this sort of stuff. Yeah, sometimes she knows it's like what I like. What does she? How like does she react views. to it? What does she say? Well, sometimes she'll just roll her eyes, or she'll laugh, or she'll just go. But she knows. She knows that I'm not. Um, probably. <laughs> one. You're not what? I'm Alistair. not sort of. Oh, I don't like. I, there's there's very little things that I can be fully passionate or engaged in, mm. and sadly she might think that includes herself. But she knows it's not true. Oh God! <laughs> What's in it for her then? Yeah, but she it's it, it's an incredibly no. honest relationship. I no, I I, I said what's in it for her. What is she getting out of sitting with someone who just goes, oh, what's the point of me no, even having like a body? It is like that. Yes, it is. I just, she knows, she just knows, she goes like, oh yeah, he's just having a, one of his thoughts. It's not like I don't, all it is, is occasionally, I was, again, I was walking on the pier and I was just annoyed at the fact that I couldn't get to the end in a second. <laughs> so, I was just sort of realised that, oh yeah, I can't, transfer my energy but it's and definitely all, true it? what's definitely true though obviously that's like a side of you and it's like it's it comes out in a humorous way and we, mm. we use that as entertainment here right yeah but when you live with someone whose philosophy is so fucking macabre over a long period of time that could destroy a person unless either they get something out of it or unless They've got a philosophy that's even more evil than yours, in which 
you are unwittingly the victim. Uh, you know, like somehow you're serving a purpose. Oh. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Are you absolutely sure that you are paying the same amount of money <laughs> for the for the for like your shared life? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I can just imagine, like. Because you've never bothered to check, because you don't, I don't like to busy myself with such facile. Oh my God, you're right. Facile, In uh, fact, and, she... and be like, if you went like, babe, would it be all right if I had a look at the um, the joint bank account? And she'd be like, well, why are you suddenly doing this? And she gets all, <laughs> she gets all like aggressive on you. Oh then God! If that happens, Alistair, then you have to phone me and say that's what's happened because the chances are is that she's a con lady. <laughs> and you have to come on the show and tell everyone. You need to do it live for the entertainment of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hack her passwords. You know, funny enough, that's, yeah. I think, I think what she gets out of it is we do have a similar outlook. We do have very, very similar values. So she can be as mm, cynical about things as about things sometimes as I can. But then she can laugh at the same things or be engaged by the same things. I just think she's... Dead I, inside? I think she likes... No, I don't know. No, no. She, no. Can't, but she can't be as dead inside as you. I've met her. She no, seems no, she's sparky not. She's and great. Not dead inside, we flirted she's... outrageously. It was fucking hot between us. It was hot. <laughs> and... <laughs> You you hated it, but she was so I, happy. I she I was so happy at how much we were like. I mean, it was like we could barely keep our hands off each other. Mm. Is that uh, obviously I then was able to convince you that it was a good thing that that um, she feels all these wonderful new feelings and that it was okay for me to come over and you mm. you go in your computer when is... you go in your computer room and then we we discuss your progress. And at the end of that, everybody's happy, aren't they? Oh, be, it, I mean, and being 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 cuckolded by you would be an <laughs> existential nightmare. I would it would it would sort of invert reality for me if it were true. If this was, if. I knew I knew that there was a thing, and I could I, and I sort of I, I was. What would you do if you found out? If you went, all right, well, oh, it was really funny that. How's the podcast, babe? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was great. Yeah, we, uh, Nico was. <laughs> Nico was joking about uh, like, imagine if you were like taking advantage of me financially and and in all sorts of ways, and like basically you weren't who you say you were and all that. And she starts getting a bit shirty, and you just see you just spot something a bit, something a bit off in how she is that night, and so you start thinking about grabbing her phone and having a look at it when she's not in the room. <laughs> and then what you I... see, you see like an invoice, like to oh. me, oh. like an invoice I... made out to me. I... And she's been, it... she's been paying me all this time to try and pull you apart, to weaken you so that she can then. How have you invoiced? <laughs> what have you put? Well, basically, psychological she's... destruction. Yeah, fee, yeah, ba- yeah. Three hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. Ba- basically, it's a deal we did mm. when when you went for a wee when I met her in the pub that time. Right, and it was just like, oh fuck, he's only going to be gone for like two minutes, but but she just fucking is <laughs> really horrible. Oh, what she, she just, she just launched herself at me yeah, and kissed, and yeah. I just said, everything's going to be okay from now on. Just follow my instructions, and everything will be okay. It's going to be okay. And she was like, yeah, yeah all right, all right, he's coming back. And from then on, we've basically been playing this like fucked up game where I am basically have convinced her that you 
that we that that you're like bad for her, and that we need to destroy you slowly. And the first phase of that, which is like an eight year journey, is is by incrementally remo- removing your financial independence, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not noticing it because it's like things are going up by like four pounds a month. Yeah. <laughs> She just goes. She's just going. It's it's because of Brexit, hon, Like that. It's just the it's just the financial <laughs> markets. It's the financial markets, and I'm just so whipped. So the, the thing you think is, it's if time this we was... bought me some new trainers. Oh. Uh, oh no, we can't. We know we said, didn't we? Yeah, but you got two new pairs of trainers last month. I know, babe, but that's because I go to the office more, and you you have to you stay here in the doing doing all the things that we agreed uh, the function for you here. Yeah, but maybe I could I could go out of the flat a little bit. Then I'd need shoes. We said, well, that's a bit selfish, isn't it? Mm. So just just keep I, I, keep keep your eyes peeled. Is all I'm saying. We do have a thing, don't we? Where uh, we imagine that it's my wedding, <laughs> and her and I are dancing on the dance floor, and then you sort of come over and kind of <laughs> cut in like like that bit in Back to the Future. And I'm forced to sort of, I'm sort of forced to sort of laugh. There was sort of yeah. horribly humiliating. Well, it's just a jaunty laugh. dance to start with, and yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone's and laughing, then so it's there's, fine. There's you two dancing, and then I'm like dancing on my own to the side of you, yeah. thinking that eventually you'll go and, yeah. and give a fancy, but you don't. Smiling and then you along, sort of give me a look, yeah. and then I look to everyone else, and they're all looking angrily at me, yeah. like I'm interrupting yeah. the dance, and mm. then. And even my own mother's going, well, what are you doing? You're just, get just out go of the, to the get side. Get out of just the way. To, get out of the way. Get... And then we're on chairs being lifted up. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, so what's, and, uh, you know, and what's what's sad, if I'd be honest about this, mm. is uh, if, if it were real, mm. and I know we have things, but if it were true, mm. then if. I would be sad, yet there would be a sort of peace. Because <laughs> I... Because I'd know you'd that know now why it, what it, all this well, was. Well, I'd know that that it, it was almost feel like the universe has righted itself. Yeah, That's it's the thing. Like, I'd feel like, oh, of think, course, she's she's happy now. Yeah, and that would be it. <laughs> she's safe now, and I don't even think I'd. I think we'd keep you it? as our little son. Yeah, oh, dear. And, and I'd you, just we'd be make like, you oh, wear we'd make you wear like large because you wouldn't be you'd still be large, but we'd make you wear like little dungarees. <laughs> 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 and give you like a train set at Christmas, yeah. and you wouldn't be able to get your head round why. You I'd know, like you you're looking, looking at your body, you're looking at your body, which you've been complaining about all this time. You know, why have I got this body, this silly body? And then you'll go, you're looking at yourself, going, "It's weird because I haven't shrunk, but when they give me my train <laughs> set, they're like much bigger than me. But but then when I stand up, I'm the same height as them." And oh. you're standing up and sitting down and looking at your train track and wondering what's happening. And I'm and I'm going, Alistair, Alistair, what's wrong? What are you doing? You keep standing up and sitting down. Helen and I are trying to watch an ITV drama and you're <laughs> <laughs> we're you're interrupting oh. you're interrupting our programme, Alistair. Oh. Now now go in go in your bedroom. Stop stop trying to alter your size. And you're going yeah, but that can't be real. How how could I alter my size, Alistair? This I is told you, you you are not <laughs> you are not you're not to talk to to Daddy and Helen. That's because that, that you'll have to call me Father, Father and Helen. Oh. 
You're not to talk to Father and Helen unless it's the adverts. We've both agreed the one thing we've got in common is both of us detest advertising. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'd be waiting while this, like, this rubbish ITV crime drama with, like, Pauline Quirk in it is on and you're not allowed to speak. And then... Then like it, it it stops and it's the adverts and then like that's that's your opportunity to try and engage. What would you say? I go, please look at me, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, very well. What is it you want us to do, Helen? Helen, uh, Alistair wants to do something. Alistair wants us to watch him. What do you want to do, uh, Alistair? Are you going to show us some show us what your train does? I can't even grasp it. It's so large for me now. <laughs> yeah. I'd yeah. just be I'd going, please. Uh, I just feel like, no, this isn't meant to happen. That really is a dream. That really is waking up at 5am there and going, yeah. what the hell was that about? Yeah, That's actually. Horrible. So that was fun. But on the, on the subjects of dreams, um, I mentioned uh, maybe last episode or the episode before, that uh, I have been taken from one from from a sort of anxiety drug onto another drug that is more like in the evening it's like a sedative, mm. and it fucking knocks me out, and I'm waking up the next day like completely refreshed, feeling amazing, doing exercise, eating healthy breakfast. I just like I'm like a fucking different. I'm I'm a different person. Like my my fucking I'm losing weight and all sorts, but. The the um, the side effect, the only side effect of the dream of the of the um, yeah. of the tablet is very very intense vivid dreams, Oof. and it's almost like it's guaranteed that I'm having a a mad dream nearly every night. So I am going through. It's that weird feeling with a dream of like, like please don't make me have a really intense dream. It's a bit intimidating. Knowing if someone says you are going to have one, you sort of if you could choose, you'd say, "I work. Can I have not have one, please?" But I know I'm going to have one every night, and yet it still knocks me out, and I still have the dream, and then I wake up, and you've sort of like the dream's gone, but you still it's isn't it so weird that you you do experience your dream, but at the same time you sort of don't because then it's sort of just gone. Yeah, there's a. I think it's to do with the a thing where the logic part of your brain switches off. Right. So that's why you, you know, I mean, personally, I, I've never, I think I can count once where I've gone, oh, I'm dreaming. But I could be like flying on the back of a pterodactyl mm. through Sainsbury's <laughs> and and just accept that as reality. Yeah, that's the, and, that's the terrifying bit, isn't it? It's not even the content of it. No. Go, oh, that was horrible. And then I... I they were soaring through my leg, but we were all laughing because it was making my leg longer. <laughs> and then I felt nice. And then, you know, and whatever it is that's going on, it isn't how fucked up the thing is. It's the fact that you accepted it, that, yeah. that it was happening. Fucking terrifying. I'd love to do... I remember I had one which spoke to my sort of general distrust of, like, builders, <laughs> where I had one... Where I was being put into the electric chair, an execution, but it, it was only to test it. So I was sitting in it <laughs> reluctantly. They said to me, "Do you mind? Yeah. Do you mind sitting there?" And so I'm sitting there, and they're putting the cap on me, 
and then these two kind of builder types are oh, mucking around with the controls and I'm there but I'm so sort of pathetically amazing. weak I'm yeah. such I'm so sort of weak and intimidated by them I'm, I'm kind of going oh careful with that guys you're not gonna get to make sure you don't do anything silly and they're going yeah 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 and they're sort of like you know screwing them and then and I'm there going, oh, I don't really want to be doing this. You can never look more pathetic than than wearing like a, a, <laughs> co- a copper sort of a copper tin helmet. hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with a wet sponge underneath it. And there, like, I, mean, I don't really want to be... Oh, could you feel the wet? Yeah, I could feel the wet. And, and the straps on me, they properly got me in there. And then they were kind of shaking their heads and looking at the, the bit where they'd switch it on. But they didn't know what to do, and I was just there, but par- in, you know, stuck, horrible. But I bet, um, like psychologically, I bet some of the frustration you're looking at the builders is that you're looking at them, thinking, even though my life, what that is to me is my life is in your hands, and yet look at you, pathetic manual labourers. Yeah, that's that's your that's the way you see. Oh, it's my worst I mean, situation. That's I, I have to can, say, you know. I. I, I think that manual labour and like proper being able to do pr- proper practical jobs should be a much more respected, higher, noble thing that you know human beings appreciate it, from each other it, because we'd be fucked, completely fucked without no. it. And yet, people like you think no, they no, can no, look I don't, down. I don't. But no, this no, I don't. If anything, I look up. I'm. I don't disrespect them. I'm just really? terrified of them. All oh, right, that's the thing. I just sort of go because they know uh, that you can't. Yeah, it's not like I mean. Well, I can't either. To be I'm fair. not in awe. I'm not there going like, oh god, wow, what you do is amazing. It's more just they've decided to do this thing, and now they've come into my house and they have enormous power, and I'm hoping that they're good. And they usually are, and you're kind of going okay and. Well, those are those are the people that meant that you had to tell lies and pretend you were going to do a podcast with me, aren't they? Yeah. So that just shows you how He's... high. But you didn't lie to them about when you needed the job doing, did you? <laughs> no. No. What did you do? You booked it in. Yeah, I booked it. And then, in. and then, who paid for it? Uh, I did. Actually, no. Like, yeah, and Helen and Matt Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> how much did you? No. How much of do you know for a fact that you paid fifty percent of the bill? No, it's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh god, there is some of this. I mean, if yeah, if she were like that, mm. then there I've been multiple times where I have been stung. <laughs> this feels oh, yeah. like the start of a kind of a just keep an eye on it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Crime watch. Just well, keep an eye on her it. For ten years, and she's taken. She might have like a three-bedroom house around the corner. Oh God! <laughs> with a whole life. Do, how often does she go out at night? She t- she doesn't tend to do that. So okay, that's interesting. That's, but but that might suit someone else's arrangement. That's the thing. That's what makes me suspicious. Is that <laughs> you don't know where she is in the day. And then she's with you, just like sitting there with you, being tepid and pretending that she's interested in your stupid ideas about wishing that you didn't have a body and all that. Mm. But for all you know, she is basically someone completely different to someone who lives around the corner and who believes that she, you know, 
works in a hospital at night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Have you ever had anyone... I don't know if I've got a good answer to this, but it's just just thrown it out there. Mm. Have you ever... And you don't have to say who it is or anything like that, but have you ever had anyone lie to you and and you found out sort of later on that something wasn't true and it's like really weird? Mm. Only when I was a kid, but my best friend claimed that his dad killed Hitler. <laughs> what? And, and what? That turned out what? Not to be true. No, yeah. But I don't think anything... Like, truly terrible. No, I don't think... I'm trying to think of girlfriends or... There there haven't been many friends. No, I don't think so. Have you? Yeah, I don't don't know if I've got... It's a good question for the patrons to have a little chat underneath in the comments. Have you... What's the weirdest lie... You... I had to lie once. In fact, I had to lie. Oh, here we go. When I, my friend, bought a Mercedes, a used Mercedes off a kind of dodgy dealer, mm. and he then said to me, "The steering wheel's bad. Would you mind coming with me to this back to this used car place? I'm going to have it. They're going to have them take a look at it, but they're a bit dodgy. Would you mind coming with me?" And pretending to be my lawyer. Oh my god! And I then went, okay. I don't know. Again, I went along with it. What? And then I had to sort of, I had to kind of maintain that persona. Not that. (laughs) The the persona of a solicitor, like a lawyer. Which was, I guess, maybe not much of a stretch. It wasn't. I didn't kind of walk in there like Perry Mason or something. Mm. Or, but I had to be. Did you have to answer any questions? Um. I just said no. I just had to say I'm his lawyer, and and then I had to kind of keep emphasising that by saying, as a lawyer, I think this. <laughs> <laughs> you committed a crime, Alistair. But it wasn't. Is it? Isn't it just acting? I guess it's... anyone could say that. It wasn't. I just acting. If you completely con somebody. But we lost in the end, so I probably wasn't a very good lawyer. I mean, surely that was fraud. Well. No. Yeah, I think it was. Is it? Yeah. Um, One time where I know you've lied because you told me a thing you did and uh, I won't get you to tell the whole story because you, you already told the story on Sick Minds, which is the podcast that we did a few years back. Mm. Uh, when I work out where that story is, I'll reference it. I'll drop it in Patreon. Uh, Patreon. I keep getting it wrong. Patreon and Patreon. Um, I'll drop it in the. I'll drop it as a thing because uh, it's a fucking funny conversation. I've got a feeling it was the episode with Alex Lowe who plays yeah. Clinton Baptiste and um, Barry from Watford. But you told a story where a man was being aggressive with two girls on the tube and then you sort of jumped in there quite nobly I have to add say but for some reason you fucking decided to put on an American accent yes <laughs> the, 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 the reason being they were American um, 
And he was. What's that got to do with it? He was. Well, he was making. He was insulting Americans. And so I felt the need to kind of create some sort of bridge. I don't know. Like, as in, like, he was. I make out that he was insulting me. So the problem was, I. Uh, it's fine. Uh, but that, this yeah. is where. This is where. Maintaining what... it was the, was the problem. Because once I'd started, I had to maintain it. <laughs> And then, they, and I think they knew. Then they could see through it. But this, so they, they like you didn't even know them. So it's not like they were your American friends. No, you just saw a situation develop quickly, and your panicky brain went right. I, it was, I've never been that chivalrous, nor will I ever be again. <laughs> uh. Uh, unlucky girls, this guy's not gonna fucking bail you out anymore. Yeah. No way. What's interesting there is, you know, earlier on I mentioned about not knowing where you begin and another person, you know, where you end and another person begins and getting wrapped up in people's problems and whatever. What's quite sweet there is it showed a certain amount of empathy that, like, that's happening to those people and I need to be involved, even though this is nothing to do with me. But it's almost like because you're so, that is so not you, that you had your software try to grab onto something that it didn't yeah. really understand why you were doing this because it's not what your body would usually be doing and yes, so it I decided see. to sort of it decided to sort of copy their speech patterns so that you were then it was very, so that it made sense to you that you were on their side and not the yeah. other person's side i had to rewrite my code entirely <laughs> on the side to to do uh, that you're right yeah but i mean and we're not going to explore this but you know just bear in mind would you have? Would you do the same thing now if a white man was giving abuse to like an Asian, like an two Asian women? Would you do an Asian accent? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it flippantly. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd know that that's actually. It's what you're doing is actually an insult to them, <laughs> right? So you're even though what your intention was was to say I'm with these guys. There, there are probably more incidences where you doing what you did is actually deeply offensive to the people you were trying to protect, right? It's really quite a fucking weird one. Like, so it's a strange situation. Do you think they it noticed? Did you... They did, and and I not I could tell because and then I tried to bleed the accent out, so I made it less and less, and then it became kind of transatlantic, and then it was just me speaking normally. <laughs> Oh, my only hope at the best idiot. they thought that American guys put him on an amazing English accent at the end oh, but God. I doubt they ever did oh well I've now been here long enough here in Blighty that uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and what it is is I, uh, I, I did live in America and being around Americans brings back my accent which then slowly <laughs> melts away over a period of about four minutes Yeah. how many minutes do you think the incident was Oh, it was about three minutes. <laughs> you changed nationalities. You that was horrible. That, that was is horrible. The, the, really yeah. is horrible. And they they weren't they weren't that thankful. That was the well, thing. Well, we've end. been through this, but yeah, you can listen to the story. But yeah, oh man, that is fucking funny. I I can't think of I can't think of uh, yeah, like big lie when you do big lie. Like I mean, it's such a brilliant comedy device in films and stuff, isn't yes. it? It's literally some, something people fall back on. 
time and time again in sitcoms, isn't it? Is like, oh, um, yes, uh, well, actually, here's the excuse. And then someone comes around going, hello, here, here's the invoice for that excuse. Uh, yeah. We now need to, <laughs> you know, play this scenario out while you pretend to go along with something that is now completely out of control. Yeah. You, that's, you literally did sitcom, sitcom I Alistair. I did. I did. Amazing. Um, I wonder where that fits in uh, in the universe of games that people play. Um, I'm mm. going to tell people a little bit more about this book. And now that I've found it, I'm going to read it again because it is really fucking interesting. And I'm going to read it with the podcast in mind because I reckon I'll get some really funny stuff out of it. But to give you a broad picture, I'll read the back first. Um Recognised as a classic work of its kind by professionals, Games People Play is nevertheless very accessible to the general reader. It is a wise, original, witty and very sensible analysis of the games we play in order to live with one another and with ourselves. The question that arises is whether the author has made a real... Oh no, sorry, I'm starting to read um, a review... <laughs> no, but uh, so so basically, at the top it says, "Didn't you know you played games all the time? Among them are life games such as alcoholic, marital games such as the frigid woman, party games such as ain't it awful, underworld games such as cops and robbers." Right, just as an example, like that's piqued my memory. As an example, cops and robbers, right? So say like football hooligans, right? Mm. Who go out in big fucking mobs causing riots and whatever. The, the argument is that they are likely to have been ignored by their fathers and actually getting the attention of the sort of the, uh, you know, the police and the authorities is, is like... A, playing a game of, of trying to get your dad to play chase with you. Oh, gosh, right. right? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, another one, uh, when it explains Ain't It Awful, and from what I remember about Ain't It Awful, basically, like, what are you going to fucking do when Helen takes you along to her sort of successful business friends from work mm. and they've had to bring a partner with them and now you're there and they're all from that and you're yeah. you... And you don't really know what you're going to say to each other. And also, maybe, for example, uh, recently everyone's found out that Helen had been having an affair with me, <laughs> right? And everyone knows that you've de- decided to make a go of it and the, the affair's ended and, every, you know, it's all it's all normal. But no one wants to approach that. No one wants to talk about that. No. You don't want them to talk about it. And everyone is desperate to make sure that we just uh, talk about something else. Ain't it awful? Is basically like going, oh god! All, have you seen? Have you seen all that on today? Oh god! On the news. I mean, what is the bloody hell? And obviously, we did it massively as a country. We played that game about Brexit, COVID, vaccines, all the rest of it, right? But it's actually a really, really useful thing that is the very, very basic glue of what holds sort of societal conversations together mm. on the basis that. I mean, if you don't do that, then we might have to start saying the real stuff. Yeah. Right? So it's basically just like filler just to avoid the hell 
of like because you've got to hide from them the personality you described at the beginning right which is that i wish you i wish you know imagine if you started that conversation with the the helen people by going uh um i sometimes wish that i wasn't in this body and i could just <laughs> i could just uh be it took us half an hour to get here but what i'm saying is i guess <laughs> i wish i wish that i could have just floated here as an amorphous cloud of dust and it had only taken um, basically one second that that's what i'm saying anyway i'm alistair yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. you'd have started like that even though that's really interesting and it's fair enough and it's what you really think you'd basically be like a pariah immediately right yeah who's this nutter yeah. yeah so so instead um, you'll you'll grasp out of the thin air a way of someone will start the game of ain't it awful, and another time where that comes in handy is in situations like with with a family where like and I'm naming no particular families in mind at all <coughs> mine, yeah. but um, where there is a history of tension and everyone's hoping that a social occasion won't turn into a fucking EastEnders Christmas special. It's very very. It's such a relief when someone starts playing Ain't It Awful that you can feel everyone joining in and it's almost like everyone's excited because we've all we've all agreed not to be awful during this game. And so it, it sort of almost sort of makes you feel drunk on relief that this conversation's yeah. happening instead of you know, what will happen like three hours later once everyone's had a drink and then it, someone complains about something and someone brings something up from the past and then it all goes fucking tits up again. Like, mm -hmm. it's just really fucking interesting. What was it? Yeah, go on. No, it's brilliant, that. I like... It's like... um, I play cards every sort of six weeks with uh, family friends and my dad and, and their friends. It's a sort of group of us. Mm. We've done it for years and years. We play poker. But I always get annoyed at the back of my head how... We we just have male banter. I I really don't like kind of general male banter. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I find it it's all just a ritualistic kind of form of speech, yeah, where no definitely. one's really having a genuine conversation, yeah, or asking genuine questions. Sorry. It, it always sort of um, and I just think it, this is going to continue. It's and it it's partly a thing where it's just it just uh. It goes on and on and on, and I go. I wish one day. I mean, it is. I mean, we'll just the, say things. The the uh, not not that it's any better or worse actually uh, across, you know, between different genders and whatever. Mm. But it but there are different kinds of banal, aren't there? Like it really yeah. is. Like if it's like if if I if I was to be getting married again, and it was like okay, there's got to be a stag do or whatever. Now I mean, at an age where it wouldn't be what it what it was back then anyway but even then even like i got married like bloody hell 14 years ago and in once once that first email goes out going right we need to sort out what we're doing i was immediately putting the two people i thought were best to put in charge as best men mm -hmm. and it was like listen it's going to be great all boys together all that no holds barred banter all the rest of it but if anybody thinks that they're going to like do a thing where you humiliate me or and also even though I'm I'm a complete hypocrite like I made sure that you do not get anything like a stripper or anything like that I don't want any of that on my stag do I'm not going to a titty bar I'm not 
you know, being lap danced and covered in cream by a sort of, you <laughs> yeah. know, knock kneed fat policewoman, right? <laughs> you know, and everyone's laughing because the person's overweight, and, uh, and then it's like that's why it's funny, and then I'm naked, and everyone's, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm on top of you, oh yeah, I've never, you never mm. had these before, have you? <laughs> and everyone's mm. howling, right? And it's basically feral, like on a like a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically like. I'm telling you, like, you might go, ah, nice one, it'll be all right, don't worry, mate, we won't do you up too badly. I was going, no, 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 that will result in the termination of our friendship, right? So I was like, <laughs> like, I love I love being with, like, the lads, and, you know, there is a lovely thing when you're amongst your best friends, and uh, I think there is something about it being, uh, you know, I probably... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound a bit sort of uh, right on here and say, you know, for for cis het people to be with their gender exclusively on girls' night or lads' night, there's just there's just a sort of relief to it. Yeah, yeah. There's a relief to it that the other ones aren't there. Yeah, and so you get to be kind of horrible. But I I, I honestly think that um, you can't say that men men are worse or women are worse. Uh, morally, in terms of conversation in those situations, but obviously men's, you know, men, the, the the you know, the fucking ancient history of men whipping each other up in, into, you know, the, the the extreme end of male behaviour is obviously far worse than mm. anything that women get up to, but yes. um, but it is really interesting and it's just strange as you get older. Like I find myself now just have not got any time for things that maybe even like 10, 15 years ago, I would have still, I would have still thought, well, whatever, like let's all have a laugh and that's all yeah. good fun. But now I would actually, I'm, I'm just sort of get, I'm just really getting tired of group behavior. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, and we did talk about this when, from when you went to the football. I mean, that is, that's oh. a good example of an environment where there's a contract that isn't, yeah. that doesn't apply in normal life. Right. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah, yeah, it seduced me. That's the thing. It seduced me because I was, yeah, I began quite cynical and attached from it. But by the end, I was one of the mob. I was just part of them. <laughs> I've been absorbed. Yeah, but I bet, like, if it had turned ugly, oh, what, what well, happens is you, you, you're part of it, and then it, what, it's a little bit like what you were saying before, where we we imagine this dream situation where it's like, are <laughs> you going along with it, and then the atmosphere begins to sort of uh, mutate in a way that makes you feel instantly uncomfortable. And then before you know it, you you then are suddenly aware that you are basically bobbing around in an ocean of monsters that you don't want to be in the middle of. Yeah. But that is what it feels like if you're not a violent person, which I'm not. And suddenly you're in a crowd and it looks like football violence is about to break out. For example, I have been I have been in the middle of that a few times. And obviously, there's plenty of other people around you. Not everyone. If you're at a football match and there's like fifty thousand people there, you can only be stood with the same amount of people around you in whatever diameter, right? Mm. And so, like, how many people in that kind of like pie are like? Are you? Do you happen to be standing in the spot where the highest density of violent people is? Because if you are you will get swept into that incident. Whereas if you're on the other side of the stadium in the family stand, you know, there's a smaller density of nutters in that yeah. bit. And like there's, there tends to be there tends to be parts of a football ground or parts of around football grounds and more known as a bit of a hangout for that kind of 
character. So fucking weird if you uh, if you're not like that, and then suddenly you're aware that you're near that thing. You can just wander into it, right? You can wander yeah. into it. Well, when when we I mean when we went to the football, this was me and my brother-in-law because my sisters worked at Wembley, mm. and um, that's how we sort of got the tickets. And uh, and then um, she said when we arrived and we were kind of going in, she said, "Oh, just you probably don't want to go over to that area." And it was only about thirty feet away, just outside <laughs> of the stand. Oh. You could just tell there was just yeah. a slightly different atmosphere where oh, yeah. everyone was drinking and stuff, and everyone was having a good time. But just thirty feet away, it was just slightly more intense. It's it's really interesting to observe. In, in fact, I'd be I'd be quite up for going along. I mean, I've been to loads of football, so it's not like I don't know. But but when but when you go to a match, you're basically you you already put on the hat that says I'm going. I'm going to the yeah. thing. Whereas if you just went, all right, so uh, whatever. Say like Tottenham are playing whoever, right? Like some like Tottenham Chelsea is famously yeah. quite edgy, or West Ham. Top. Uh, West Ham, Chelsea, maybe, and there's a mm. few. There's a few. If I said to you, "Look at that, Griggs. That day, that team is playing that team, and it will be tasty. Let's let's get together and just go to the general area of the stadium for a pint and hang around and follow our noses to find like the 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 weird vibe. It'd be really interesting experiencing that." Like from the point of view of like we're here just to see it rather than I'm I'm at the game and I support one of the teams or like that'd be really yeah interesting. it'd be interesting to study it like Attenborough kind of thing yeah I mean world. like you know and there have them. been sociologists I remember reading I did A level sociology and that that was definitely there was definitely one guy who infiltrated gangs like that and uh, right yeah and then a guy that I my mate Connor Morrissey who I'll get on as a guest actually. Who's a di- uh, sort of like TV director? He did a load. Yeah. Of, he did a load of um, um, TV documentary kind of filming, right? And he he worked with that Donald McIntyre. Do you know who I mean? The yeah, Irish guy. Yeah, him. Yeah. Now he did. He infiltrated a Chelsea hooligan group called um, what they were the Headhunters. They're like the famous thing. But at the time when this happened in the early noughties, it was all wrapped up in what at the time was being called Combat 18. Right, so it was all yeah. right, right wing. So he infiltrated that as a as a posing as a Northern Irishman who, you know, because the North at, at places like Chelsea and Rain, Glasgow Rangers, the sort of far right you know type supporter, the, the far right kind of like nutcases, they they effectively are on on the sort of Ulster side of the of the Irish debate, right? Yes. So he was able to put himself in there posing as someone who was like basically like a violent UD, UDF um, supporting Protestant guy. Mm, mm. And he didn't look particularly fucking. He did not. He did not look authentic, but he he had the bollocks to do it. But I remember just watching it at the time thinking, do you understand like what, who you're infiltrating here? Just in in the net, and then, and then I ended up like meeting him, right? And uh, there was like a screening because some of the some of the episodes he did, they actually genuinely did good. For example, one of them was about exposing sleazy bosses of model agencies and stuff like right. that. So you can't yeah. say that he was just an attention seeker. He clearly wanted to expose wrongdoing, 
but there he is in the middle of all these fucking hooligans. And then I got invited along to like, oh yeah, like going to be having a drink. Donnell and the team are like celebrating because their series is on. And it was like at Soho House or whatever. Yeah. And he turned up, right? And he was basically wearing like his media guy outfit and he had a big pair of shiny red shoes on and was and everyone was and, and then did a little speech about how important their work was and everyone was all just getting pissed and it all just looked a bit sort of sleazy and flirty like any work yeah. do and i just i just remember looking at this guy thinking you're just a bloke trying to get famous aren't you <laughs> and and you've you've put yourself in the middle of all this danger and 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 it you know the conceit is i'm a do gooder i i will laugh in the face of danger in order to make sure that people are brought brought to justice but it's actually you know it's someone wanting it's like a hero complex and, yeah uh, i later heard years later they find they did catch up with him and 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 uh like well no one knows who exactly did it but what like years later he was having a meal with his this is quite horrible i'm not laughing at it Right, with his yeah. wife or whatever, and a team of blokes ran into a restaurant wearing balaclavas and beat the shit out of him. Ugh. So, but you don't, you don't, you don't get him, uh, you know, you don't get him saying that on one of his programs, do you? No. Yeah. Even I, <laughs> Donald McIntyre, fighter of justice and all that, and I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, obviously, I'm not sticking up for football hooliganism per se, but. It it was just a weird. It was just. It I know just what you mean. Made me feel a bit weird <clears throat> that it was like. Do you really care about this thing being bad, or do you like what it does for your image? Yes. Does it give you a platform to for yourself? Yeah, yeah. And also, you've been dishonest. A lying fucking snake, hanging around with all these people, pretending that you're they're your friend, doing favors for them and stuff, <laughs> yeah. and then it turns out you're like a liar who's making a TV show. I don't know. It's like, if you want to do that, do you know what? Be an undercover cop. Yeah. No, but then I can't be yeah, famous. But, but the, bit, the, bit where, the bit where there's a TV show isn't that important. Yeah. That's actually just like a cheap reason for... I don't know. I want my TV show. Right, so in this book, right, games people play. Yeah, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to see what I can learn from it, and then uh, maybe we could do another episode where we... Where we try to play some of the games, that'd be good. Oh, that so would, just to yes. set them up in the in the uh, contents page, it uh, mentions that uh, it's, it's into sections like life games, life mm. games that it that it um, sets up. Alcoholic debtor, which I think is the one that Helen's playing on you. Mm. She's, making, she's basically getting you in financial debt so that she can control you. Kick me. Now I've got you, you son of a bitch. And see what you made me do. Now, see what you made me do. That's, I mean, I reckon. What would that make you think of? See what you made as, me as, do. As a, um, if I was going to say, like, we're in life, if there's people in your life who might ever use the phrase "see what you made me do," what do you think that might relate to? That's to do with someone. Uh, you, you're like. That's a sort of self-loathing trait, isn't it? Where you're blaming someone else, you're projecting your own self-loathing yeah. onto someone else. But it's also a way of, it's you know, this is quite dark, so I'm not going to make light of it. But to lighten it up slightly, put it in the context of our horrible bullying comedy relationship, it's the sort of thing I would say to you, 
after I've like, you, you've not come on my podcast, right? Mm, so yeah. what I do is I go out and I set fire to an old lady's house, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I film it and I say, see what you made me do, Alistair, by letting me down tonight. This is what you've done to me. Yeah. Right? It's a control technique, basically, and oh, it's, right, it's yeah. just no. Fucking, well, that is that completely fits. It's your it's horrible. If, if anyone out there has ever been treated by anyone who's basically behaving in a not good way, and then saying that you made inverted commas them behave like that, what you need to know is that every adult is responsible for their own behaviour, and nobody can make anyone do anything. Obviously, people can wind you up. And anyone's within their rights if they are being like bullied by someone to to end up having their breaking point and all the rest of it. But generally, these are the sort of terms that are used as weapons to to excuse me do. to excuse abusive behaviour. Basically, uh, marital games. Uh, I'm, again, I don't know what I can't tell you what these are yet. Corner, courtroom. I mean, this is nineteen sixty four. Frigid mm. woman. I can't believe that <laughs> yeah, that's in there. That's good. Harried. If I if it weren't for you, that's a good one. Like that that sounds like classic relationship sort of argument, sort of shit throwing. If, if it weren't it for, you, for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, that's I a can that's guilting that. someone, isn't it? Yes. When I you, probably feel that a lot. Well, it's worth me saying then <laughs> that if anyone ever says if it weren't for you, what's actually going on is they are not taking responsibility for whatever it is that they're supposed to have been. Completely and this I, this idea that you that anyone is holding anyone else back basically misses the point that all of us ultimately again are responsible for our own actions and if you if you're willing to work to get it you you can end up in a place where you realize you make peace with the fact that only you can run your life, change your life achieve what you might achieve and all the rest yeah. of it and you can't you just cannot say I could have done that if it wasn't for you basically what happened is you were too much of a fucking pussy to do it and you let someone else fucking ruin your life uh, I mean that sounds really harsh I don't mean that like to anyone who's out there I just mean the harsh way of of sort of the other way of looking at it is like you don't get to say if it weren't for you to someone like you know and, and actually what I'm really saying is when I when I sort of like alluded to doing years and years of work on myself and re relearning and reprogramming where you fit in and how you know yeah what your place in the world is and whether you get the piss taken out of you and all that which I have a lot I've been I've been a people pleaser and I've I've had a fawning personality if you like um you know historically but the more the more work i've done on myself over the years the more you start to realize how you pick up these weird little games like like uh, as you know i mentioned in this now very dated book but a lot of it still stands mm. you know we all we all have these and what's so strange about it is that of course you're never going to think that um consciously oh i'm doing that it's just second nature. Your, your 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 second nature personality just becomes something that just happens, like breathing. But but what's really interesting is going, reading about the way these things work, and then asking yourself if the dynamics in your life, you are with whoever you are listening to this, myself, yourself, everyone, we are without a shadow of a doubt accidentally taking part in dynamics that are not serving us. 
Yeah. And they're not not allowing us access to our highest self. Should I have access to my higher self? Well, I mean, that's the question, isn't it? If you're quite happy... I don't know. But if, if you're quite yeah. happy, like, going back to the joke, if we, if you're quite happy mooching along Helen's making you pay all the bills and whatever, mm. like, people end up in those unfair setups because in their unlearned state, it suits them to keep it going because it's because facing what's really happening is too scary. So that's why people stay in, say, for example, a codependent relationship, right? Because it's like, uh, but then I'll have to admit that I'm weak and that I I couldn't achieve the thing myself. So actually, I'll keep playing the game of if it weren't for you... And I'll accept the fact that the other person's going to keep giving me shit about their thing. And we'll just keep arguing about the same thing forever. But rather than going, stop the fucking, you know, stop the fucking carousel and actually figure out what's going on. Mm. So, yeah, in other words, there's no easy way of getting to really deeply understand all this stuff other than very slow, incremental learning and chin stroking. But I fucking love it. I love it. I love learning about it. Even though I've had to learn what my weaknesses are and I've then had to work through the embarrassment and the shame of the bits that you go, oh my God, that's where that's where I'm a complete fucking walkover or a, or a letdown or someone who's avoided, you know, avoided certain responsibilities or, you know, w- what your vices might be and all that sort of shit. It's fucking deep stuff, man. Alistair, start with this. Alistair, you don't need to start with it, Alistair, because Uncle Daddy is going to help you through the whole thing. Okay. Now that now that Auntie Helen, over the last four years, has incrementally paid me the agreed amount, my work can begin. (laughs) Are you okay? Are you crying? Well, you've just you've just gone all quiet and weird now. What's happened? No, sorry, there was a. Oh, you're you're, you're thinking about something else. You're doing something else. All right, listeners. No, no, I mean, no. The, it was the, a, the, a notification the, thing. Came in a sound effect. The, so I turned the, it off. The the arrogance of this man, ladies I'm and gentlemen. Sorry, I'm sorry. Listeners, not ladies and gentlemen. That's that's a defunct phrase now. I think everyone listening. Yeah. Um. Can you can you put in the comments some detailed no holds barred um, theories about what is going on with Alistair psychologically, and we will begin to pick him apart with the help of my book, Games People Play. Ready for the next episode? Isn't that exciting, Alistair? Yeah, I look forward to that. Good, good. I'm sure we will be quite safe from your little band of friends. Right, well now you you're just making it awkward. You're just <laughs> literally you're just like clammed up. I don't I, I um <laughs> What's happened to you? I, I'm, I'm here. I am here. I'm here. <laughs> it's like you're having to declare that you exist. Yeah. Oh god, oh, I do that all the time. I do that all the I'm time. I'm here. I am here. I'm here. I I do exist, I think <laughs> somewhat. Um though only on a kind of human level. Which, again, I somewhat resent. Um, um, do you know what? Do you, 
Um, I, I'm going to leave this for another episode, but I'm going to write it down or remember it here. Uh, one thing I want to talk to you about is what is the smallest you've ever felt, and I'll I'll tell the same. I'll tell my version of that story. Okay. Because I feel like I, I don't know if I could handle it right now. If you know what I mean. <laughs> and I don't, it sounds you sound like you couldn't handle it as well. God. So have a little think, and we'll come back to it. Does that sound fair? Yes. Yes. What's the thought. smallest you've ever felt, Alistair? Miles oh. was very Miles very generously told me a couple of his, um, you know, worst fucking moments like that. And it's worth listening if you've not if you've not listened to that. And the same goes to the listeners. If you've not listened to Miles Chapman's episode, please go and find it. Because there's some brilliant stories in it. It's really funny. <laughs> he likes oversharing, and uh, so do I. Well, Alistair, this has been, um, as usual, faintly disappointing. Yeah. And <laughs> I can only apologise on behalf of, of Alistair for, A, turning up several days late with no real excuse, and, B... Sort of, in a way, refusing to join in a bit. <laughs> what have you got to say for yourself? I, I, I can't defend myself. I can't. I well, I no. I, I'm sorry. I. I, I you're, this is this there, is your opportunity no, there's, there's to no, show everyone no, that you're right. a, a zany broadcaster. <laughs> I'm Come not on. a zany broadcaster. Come on. There's two minutes to fill. It, I've the floor's yours. Go. I'm. Look, I don't really have enough self-regard to mount a defence. <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. This has gone on long enough. Um, everybody, you... shut up. There's no more. There's no more. Gonna... No, there's no you... more. There's no more. You've ruined it again. Everyone, I'm quite upset now. This is going to be the end. Uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week with hopefully a more, you know, fucking mature and well-rounded guest. Thank you and I'm sorry. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I- I'm, I'm one.